Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's a hump day. Home and home. We have a World Series entrant. We have another brick from LeBron James on NBA v. China and a blockbuster trade in the NFL. It is National Sports Day, if you can believe it or not. We've got a full slate for you. Home and Home is a Radio.com sports original. We are brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter for free right now. It's ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. National Sports Day. You love the sound of that. I'm Dave Briggs, home in Connecticut. Ross Tucker, home in Pennsylvania. A lot to get to, as we suggested, but it's not just National Sports Day. If you can believe it or not, It is Bryce Harper's birthday. Yes, same Bryce Harper who left the Nationals for $330 million to play for the Phillies. In his introductory remarks in Philly, he said he wants to bring a title to D.C. He slipped. Nationals headed to the World Series for the first time since 1933. Ross Tucker, we're going to get into this in-depth later in the program, including the incredible come-from-behind story that it is for the Nats, what it means to D.C. and the World or the uh, NLCS MVP. But just give me some sense of what that might feel like for Bryce Harper this morning on his birthday. They couldn't get it done while he was there first year out in the World Series. Well, first of all, what the heck does National Sports Day mean? And why, since when is there a national day for everything? I mean, it's unbelievable. I don't remember this growing up. And just no. within the last couple of years, there's now a national day for everything. Today's probably 12 different national National suitcase day, national back hair day, national oh. sports day. I mean, it's unbelievable. I, I, I don't understand who decided we're going to have a national day for everything. Uh, and today's National Sports Day, I guess. Whatever that's supposed to mean. <laughs> um, as for Bryce Harper, I think he's uh, got very mixed emotions. I think on the one hand, he's really happy with the contract he signed with the Philadelphia Phillies. On the other hand, he's also really happy for the friends of his that are still on the Washington Nationals team. Those guys that he worked so hard with to try to get to the World Series, he's happy for those guys. They're friends. That's the truth. But there's no question somewhere that he probably won't admit there's some envy, there's some jealousy, and there's also probably a little bit, he's a very confident guy, but a little bit of soul-searching and just thinking, man, Like, maybe I'm not as important, not as big of a deal as everybody made me out to be when I was a free agent. I come to the Phillies, we don't even make the playoffs. 
Meanwhile, the Nationals go to the World Series and sweep to the World Series without me. Pretty crazy. It is an incredible story. You you oftentimes wonder, do you want the team you left? Do you want the girl to le- that you left? Do you want the business you left to fail after you leave to show them how important you were? It's human nature. I think we all in the back of our minds kind of want that. Kind of want that girlfriend you dumped to get fat and, you know, divorce and all that or, or the business that you left to fail. But look, when you got 330 million reasons to feel better, don't feel bad for Bryce Harper. But our friends in D.C. have told us that clubhouse was instantly better the second he left. They said it felt different in there every day. What I equated to Nomar Garcia Parra leaving Boston, and they won a World Series first year he was gone but we start in the nfl again we'll get back to major league baseball astros yankees ran out on the way and garrett cole on the hill last night but this blockbuster trade in the nfl is a major one jalen ramsey all pro corner one of the best in the game at shutting it down he's leaving jacksonville he's going to the los angeles rams to first-round picks and a fourth-rounder in 2021. Earlier in the day, the Rams had put Aqib Tlaib on the IR, also traded Marcus Peters to Baltimore. Pretty good haul for Jacksonville, given that we know Jalen Ramsey wanted out of that situation, wants a new contract the Rams will have to give him. Where I start with you, Ross, is the Los Angeles Rams are 3-3. Three and three. And as I see it, they are clearly the third best team in their division before this trade. Are they still the third best team in their division after this trade? San Francisco 5-0, Seattle 5-1. I think that is the case. I think they are still the third best team. And I still don't think that they're any better than the New Orleans Saints either or the Green Bay Packers for that matter. It's interesting, you know, I do power rankings on Tuesday on my podcast, which is right here on the radio.com app, and I think I had the Rams like 12 or 13. I think this probably makes them better than the Eagles, the Cowboys. I'm not sure it makes them better than the Vikings or the Panthers. Maybe that's the level they're on now. I certainly don't have them up there still. With San Francisco, Seattle, Green Bay, and New Orleans. This smells to me, Dave, like desperate times call for desperate measures on multiple levels. Number one, you're the LA Rams. From a strictly football standpoint, they have lost three games in a row. They've invested a lot of money and resources into Aaron Donald, Brandon Cooks, Todd Gurley. Jared Goff, they got to make this work. I mean, this is their core. These are their guys. I think they think that they've got a great core group in their prime. They should be able to go on a run of Super Bowl appearances deep into the postseason, and it wasn't looking like that was the case. So they make the big move for Ramsey. Two first-round picks and a fourth-round pick. And Dave... They didn't even get him signed to a long-term deal. They didn't even get him signed to a long-term contract, which means you just gave a guy, and there's so many different aspects of this, not even funny, but you just Mm. gave a guy that just skipped his team's last two games and said he had a back injury 
but basically just skipped him because he could. You just gave him a blank check, an absolute blank check, because you can't afford to trade 2-1 and a fourth-round pick and not get him signed to a long-term deal. He now has all of the leverage in this situation. So there are so many different layers to this. Strictly football standpoint in L.A., the football, the off-the-field issues they're having in L.A., how much of this is just a buzz, a splash for luxury boxes and club seats and things like that. We've got the hold-in from Jalen Ramsey that worked. Is that a template for players moving forward? Jalen Ramsey now has to pay 13% in state income tax. Hope you're happy about that. I mean, I I could talk for three hours just about this Jalen Ramsey trade to the L.A. Rams. But where I want to go with it is in terms of Les Snead and the L.A. Rams organization. I feel like sometimes when you take a trip, right? I've seen my wife do this. She'll bring like nine pairs of shoes and she won't bring any T-shirts. I feel like that's the way this L.A. team is right now. They have a lot of flash. They have a lot of cool stuff, a lot of jewelry, a lot of fancy shoes, but not enough T-shirts. The base of your outfit, they have no offensive line. And what they don't have is first-round picks. 2017, all the way to 2021, that is, they will go five straight years without a first-round pick. Is that just too much to give up if you're the Rams and you don't have a great offensive line? Yeah, it is. Now, I think they would argue that there are only so many truly difference-making players in the league and that they've got a bunch of them now and they've got them in their prime. And after they get Jalen Ramsey a new contract, they'll have them all locked up for a long haul at important positions. And I respect that. But Andrew Whitworth is not playing great, number one. Number two, this is his last year, you have to imagine. They had to convince him to play this year. What happens when they need a new left tackle? There's not a lot of places to find those guys. And one of them is in the first round. They don't have any first-round picks. I mean, I, I, I cannot imagine this being a successful way to have sustained excellence for an NFL franchise to just be trading away all your first-round picks like this. And even Ramsey, he's a really good player. But they play a lot of zone with the Rams. He was playing a lot of zone with Jacksonville. This is not like a a lockdown man-to-man team or a lockdown man-to-man guy. Now, maybe they'll change it. Maybe they'll put him in lockdown man-to-man situations. Maybe he'll do it and it'll make a marked difference. But I don't think that this makes them as good or better than the best teams in the NFC. And it feels like, almost feels like a Hail Mary on this season to try to be relevant on the field so that they can have some success off the field. It's not a move I would make. It's a very, very aggressive move. Some people will tell you, though, Dave, that, you know, Mm -hmm. usually with these big trades, the team that gets the best player, the team that gets the elite yeah. player is the team that usually wins. I respect that. The 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 Bears probably feel that way about Khalil Mack, but that's not how sure. the Vikings feel about how the Herschel Walker trade went. And I just think that the Rams, wow. I mean, I'm, let's put it this way. I cover the Eagles 
for WIP Radio. I'm glad the Eagles didn't do this. And I don't think there's any way the Eagles would have done this without making sure he was signed to a long-term deal as part of this trade. Now, you could argue the Eagles have a, a, an even bigger need in the secondary, but clearly they did not want to offer up this package. I still think, bottom line is, you're still the third best team in your division. No way they are better than San Francisco, and I don't think they're better than Seattle either right now. And mortgaging your future is the present for the NFL because Houston, as we know, gave up two first-rounders for Laramie Tunsil. Uh, um, Tunsil and Chicago gave up a number one. Pittsburgh gave up a number one. Look, this is, this is what we're seeing uh, around the league. What Houston comes into play here when you see they gave up two number ones, but it's more the Jadavian Clowney situation. I have to applaud Jacksonville because Jadavian Clowney was essentially given away almost the same compensatory pick they would have gotten anyway had he walked after the season. So do you have to applaud Sean Khan for getting all of that booty for a guy that wanted out of that situation? So yes, the player empowerment trend continues, but Jacksonville really got a pretty good haul here. Can't imagine they could have done any better for a guy that wanted to leave. No, I mean, they literally just got two first-round picks and a fourth-round pick for a guy that wasn't actually playing football for them. He wasn't playing for them. And you're right. I love the comparison to Clowney for sure. But that is a haul. And I also think it's a nice job by the Jags of self-scouting and saying, you know what? We're not a player away here uh, from actually you know, being a perennial Super Bowl contender. We need some more reinforcements. And this guy doesn't really want to play for us. So let's get him out of here. Let's get people here that want to play for us. And let's let's replenish the ranks, if you will, with these first-round picks. I think it's a bad job of self-scouting by the L.A. Rams. You know, I don't know. They, they, they might not even make the playoffs. So these picks might end up being middle of the pack. You know, it's not like last year where they were picking 31st. These picks could be... 14, 15, 16, uh, maybe even higher. You know, who knows? Yeah. So these end up being pretty valuable picks for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Doesn't really help them much this year. And, you know, this year could spell the end for guys like Doug Marone, Tom Coughlin, Dave Caldwell. But credit them and credit Shad Khan for getting an absolute haul. And not even have to dealing with the fact that the team wanted to sign him to a new deal and just getting rid of him, getting him off the books. I think it's great. Makes me think if you are Washington and you still haven't gotten anything from Trent Williams, you have got to get this guy on the trade market and get some picks. If you are Cincinnati and A.J. Green is on the last year of his contract and you're going nowhere fast, I know it would upset the locker room, but that locker room is garbage at this point anyway. Get some picks. This guy's leaving town. It's hopefully the beginning of a very productive and interesting baseball-like trade season. But speaking of L.A., uh, you hinted about this, and there's the question of NFL in L.A. surviving regardless 
of how successful these these two teams are because this past weekend was not pretty for NFL LA. Not only were the Rams, who have a very talented roster, playing at about a 50-50 stadium in Los Angeles with 49ers fans decked out in red taking over, again, about 50% of their stadium, but the San Diego Chargers and their future Hall of Fame quarterback, Phillip Rivers, that wasn't 50-50. That was more like 70-30 Pittsburgh Steelers, terrible towel-waving fans so bad there in Carson, California, that the Chargers can't even sell out a 27,000-person stadium in Los Angeles. Pittsburgh took over the place. They attempted to rickroll all those Steelers fans by playing the Steelers anthem, which is renegade by sticks. Maybe Ross can sing that for you uh, in just a bit. But by the time they went ahead and played Rick Astley, never going to give you up. You know that one. Never going to let you down. I'm not good at that. Um, by the time they played that, it didn't matter. They had already been drowned out. The situation is dire in NFL LA before they get this five billion dollar uh, SoFi Stadium in 2020 and a Super Bowl in 2022, is the NFL LA experiment going to fail big time? Can they support one, let alone two teams? Well, they unequivocally cannot support two teams. Without any question, the Chargers are going to be one of the most utter failures in the history of professional sports from a fan attendance interaction standpoint. When they go into that new stadium, I don't know how big it is. Let's say it's 60, 70,000. You're, you're not going to get more than 15,000, maybe 20,000 max Chargers fans. People in LA don't care about the Chargers. People in LA are not Chargers fans. At least the Rams had some kind of history. And some of the dads or grandpas can take their sons or grandsons or granddaughters or whatever, right? The Chargers had none. Absolutely none. And now when they move even further away from San Diego, from Carson further north, they're going to alienate even more of like the Orange County fans that they maybe had. And I don't think that the other teams, the opponents, are going to be able to fill up that stadium so what we're going to end up happening is maybe a third of the stadium, maybe, is Chargers fans. Maybe a third of the stadium is the opposing team's fans. And the other third, just empty. Just totally empty. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see regular season games where the stadium is half full. It is a total disaster. And by the way, they paid $500 million to do this. They're paying $500 million for the relocation fee. What a novel idea it would have been to use that money and take it towards the stadium in San Diego where they actually had fans. I mean, this is one of the biggest yeah. sports business blunders we've ever seen. And frankly, when we talk big picture, Dave, and legacy, this is a real knock and a real negative in my mind on Roger Goodell's legacy. You know, he probably only has a few years left as commissioner. This is going to be a black mark because he was in charge of this. He was the one that got the NFL back in L.A. And I think the Rams have a shot. 
The Chargers have no shot whatsoever. And by the way, I think the Rams are pulling out all the stops to even have a shot. I think yeah. it's fair to question, Dave, when they make a move like this one for Jalen Ramsey, how much of this is strictly football and how much of this is the business of football? I don't know. You do have two of the best defenders in the game, guys that will certainly uh, put some butts in seats and sell some jerseys. But look, I'll, I'll be on record. I don't think the Rams works out either. I mean, they're going to have to stick with one of those two teams. I've just been to LA many times and never felt that in LA, LA football NFL market. It, it is a college market. USC is king. The Lakers do extraordinarily well. The LA Kings even do pretty well there. But football just doesn't feel like it is any longer part of the fabric. There are a lot of Patriots fans there. There are a lot of Broncos fans there. There are a lot of transplants. And yes, you mentioned that history that the Rams have in Los Angeles, but a gap of 1994 to 2016, I think will prove devastating in terms of those were the key formational years of NFL passion. And right now, what is the game? What are the fans? If you haven't been a fan for the last 10 or 20 years, which you haven't been if you've been living in Los Angeles, you're a fantasy football fan. You might be a gambler. That is the key to California. The only chance they have, I think, of really succeeding here is only one team and becoming one of those states that legalizes sports gambling and makes SoFi Stadium a home for fantasy and gambling and, and a park that surrounds it because there just isn't that fandom. It's been gone too long, which begs the question, we both agree on one thing that the Chargers have no shot. I think NFL Las Vegas, I think the Raiders do have a chance there. That could be successful. But this still could go down as one of, to your point, one of the biggest sports business blunders we've ever seen. What then happens with the Chargers if it becomes clear to Goodell and company that they're not going to work out? What do they do then? I don't know, because people have said, you know, that they are tied to L.A. for 20 years. I don't know how that can be the case. There there are always ways to get out of contracts. There are always ways. Maybe they go to St. Louis. You know, I think St. Louis would like an NFL team. It's just not successful, though, when you keep moving them around. But if you're going to do that, you should have kept the Rams in St. Louis with a new stadium and only moved the Chargers to L.A. It, it's It is mind-boggling that there was no franchise there for 20 years and now there's going to 20 plus years. Now there's going to be two teams there. And I felt bad for the chargers players. I really did. And for the Rams, I mean, Dave, if they don't have a buzz, if there's not excitement with all the star power, they already have. And by the way, they played in the super bowl last year. They went to the super bowl. And you were in Atlanta, I was in Atlanta, not a lot of Rams fans there. And you would think, if anything, would get L.A. people excited, it would be the Super Bowl, the glitz and glamour, our teams in the Super Bowl. There were not many L.A. people down in Atlanta. And I think that's a real bad look. Patriots fans were more excited for their ninth Super Bowl in the last 20 years than the Rams were for their first <laughs> There were a yeah. lot more Patriots fans down there than Rams fans. 
That is a terrific point. I forgot just how the optics were down there. Saw you in Atlanta. Certainly was a surprising feel. Not any good signs, no good omens for NFL Los Angeles. Want to hear from you folks on all of this. We're going to get to a lot more NFL stories later in the program, including the NFL officiating mess continues. There's some latest on that. Uh, But first, I want to ask you about the Titans' decision. Ryan Tannehill is the quarterback. Marcus Mariota will not start this weekend. Can we now wipe the clean the slate clean on the Mariota era? Is he a backup quarterback as we move forward? I don't, I think that there is a chance, Dave, that they could put him back in later this year. I mean, I, I think my guess is they'll give they gave Mariota six games. My guess is they'll give Tannehill four or five games to see if he's a marked improvement, to see if he's better. If he's not, maybe they'll throw Mariota back in at the end of the year for one last-ditch effort. But really, at that point, what what's he even proving? He just isn't playing well. Um, I'm surprised. I, I really thought he would do well. Dave, you know, he's he's not seeing things right. His footwork has never really gotten to where you'd want it to be. He's not confident. He's not pulling the trigger on throws. And this was almost like a mercy benching. I mean, he he mm. was tough to watch. Now Tannehill comes in, and we know he's not great. But he might be better than Mariota, and he probably is. And by the way, this might be a, a better group around him than he had the last couple years in Miami. It's an opportunity for him to show that maybe he should be the quarterback moving forward there. We'll all be able to see how much of it was Mariota. We saw that with the Jets, with Sam Darnold and Luke Falk. That made a huge difference. We're about to find out whether or not Tannehill can make a huge difference with the Titans. But for the time being, Marcus Mariota is fired. In just a sec, we'll talk about Rob Gronkowski's future. Is he going to stick in the broadcast booth? Is he coming back to the Patriots? What's his job? We'll get into that in just a sec. Speaking of jobs, Dave, we all clearly need to hire better people. We know that. I'm trying to get home and home to hire a better co-host, but so far, they're sticking (laughs) with you. I told them, you can go to ZipRecruiter. That's what Cafe El Torres COO Dylan Miskowitz did when he needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company. But he was having trouble finding qualified applicants. So, he switched to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates and you get them fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. That's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it is no wonder. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ziprecruiter.com enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter. It is the smartest way to hire. 
Rob Gronkowski has been hired as a spokesperson for CBD Medic as he talks about CBD around the country and also as an analyst for Fox TV and their NFL broadcasts. Uh, on behalf of the CBD Medic folks, he was on WEEI, the Greg Hill Show, yesterday talking about all sorts of things. He's Gronk being Gronk, but he was pressed on his future. Would he return to the Patriots? It's the question that nobody is going to stop asking until he definitively slams the door on a return to the NFL. Did he do it? Let's listen. You decide. Rob, I just want to say thank you for all the great memories as a New England Patriot. And uh, one question, I will not be satisfied by hanging up unless I hear you say yes or no, you're not, you're going to come back to the Patriots this year. <laughs> he wants a, de- he wants a definite answer. <laughs> He's not giving all right, well, one. All right, I'll, get, I'll give an answer, obviously. Um, when I when I retired, I retired for a reason because I needed to step away. So it it would be a no. It's a no. It would be a no. It's a no. Yes, yeah. it would be a no. a no. There it is. It's a no. Wow. Yeah, but I never yeah. say no because I've said no, and everyone's right. like, "Yeah, he's kidding." Right. They're like, "Yeah, he's coming back." But like it's legit. Every, it's so, legit. It's a no. Yeah, it's a it's no. It's a no. You're not coming back. Yeah, that's yeah. that. That's in my mind. That's how it is. It's yeah. a no. It's a no. Yeah, but obviously, uh, and everyone's like, 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 I kept it. I say I keep it open because even if when I do say no, it's yeah. like people are like, "Yeah, right, he's kidding." Or so they, you know, they always spin it. So, but in my mind, it's a no. I'm not convinced. I'll never be convinced until he files his retirement papers. And Bob Kraft told us he has not yet done that. I still think at some point we see him return whoa, to the whoa, Patriots whoa, whoa, whoa. when they're needed. Yes. Let, let me chime in on something real quick, okay? Mm-hmm. This is a misnomer. There's no such thing as retirement papers. No well, such then why thing. Did Bob, well, then why did Bob Kraft say no, he has not filed his retirement papers? And until I see that... I won't believe he's done. I hope and pray he returns. Okay, so I don't think, number one, I don't think Bob Kraft knows what he's talking about. Uh, That would be my answer to that. There's, I mean, Dave, I literally retired. I literally retired. Like, I I got my benefits. I'll I'll get my, like, there's no papers. I I called. Mm -hmm. I thought there was. When I was done playing, I said, hey, what papers do I need to file? They said, you don't need to. Um, like a year after your last contract ends, you will have been deemed to be retired and everything will kick in after that. Now, maybe Rob's different because he still technically had years left on his contract. And I think that the Patriots put him on the reserve retired list. So maybe if he wanted to have his, you know, his clock start right now, he could do that. Maybe there's some type of paperwork there to say, I don't want to be on the reserve retired. I, I don't know. But to my knowledge, there's no such thing as retirement papers. But you think he's done regardless of, of paperwork. And we'll have to get some clarity from Kraft. But you think he's done regardless. Well, I thought he was. But on one of these home and home, available at radio.com slash home or on the radio.com app, you guaranteed he was coming back. I told you Still the whole do. time he's not coming back. I don't know why you didn't want to believe me. Nobody else wanted to believe me. He's just He was just putting it out there. Because more people will talk to him, and it's better for his business interests if people think he might come back. He was never coming back. He's not coming back. I don't believe it. 
<laughs> I just believe Rob Gronkowski can't put this baby to rest, but you really got me baffled on the retirement papers because I would hope the most successful owner in the NFL knows what he's talking about, but I trust you, man. You went to Princeton. Uh, Rob Gronkowski might be the ultimate hype man in the NFL, but he ain't seen nothing. Like 10-year-old Lane Bridges, young football player, went viral just a week ago, firing up his team, telling them how to be a maverick. This young man is going to fire us up, fire Tom Brady up, and all of you up when we come back after a quick break on Home and Home. Let me tell you what I I'm fired up. You are fired up. We're all jacked and ready to run through walls. That was our good friend Lane Bridges, who joins us now. Uh, he's a football player for the Eastland Mavericks. Lane, thanks for hanging out with us. It's Dave and Ross. Where did you learn to give inspirational speeches like that? It's really all the videos I watched of a bunch of people giving inspirational speeches, and they fired me up to go fire more people up. I love it, Lane. So give me give me names of some of the people that you've seen give speeches, whether it's real people or from movies or whatever, because I can tell you've seen a bunch to be able to be that polished. I got to say it's either Nick Saban or Ray Lewis. Oh, Nick Saban and Ray Lewis. That is very interesting. All right. So being in Eastland, Texas, who, who are your teams, Lane? Uh, well, we only really have one team, right? but like um, we have, uh, we have, um, uh, we have our varsity team. Well, we have a varsity team. We have our middle school team. We have our youth team. We have our high school team. That's basically all we have. Awesome. And then, who's your favorite college team or NFL team? Uh, I gotta say. For NFL, it's the Atlanta Falcons, and for college, it's uh, the Georgia Bulldogs. Wow, awesome. why, why so Georgia? Why so Georgia focused from a Texas kid? Well, really, it's because most of our family comes from Georgia, and my dad was raised there, so we kind of learned how to be a Georgia fan. That is outstanding. So that video that we played has been viewed like 3 million times on social media. Some guy named Tom Brady apparently liked the video on Instagram. Has this made you a rock star? You're about to do drop off at school. When you have 2 million views on Instagram, how does it change the way uh, everybody looks and talks about you at school? Uh, it's mainly the, it's mainly that kids um, start wanting to be my friends. They start wanting to talk to me. 
Nice. I hear. Well, here, here's a question, Lane. How how often do you do this? Like, how often do you give these speeches? Do you give these speeches to your team before every game? Not every game, but like sometimes I give speeches to them, like a little type, like a little, like for games I do it. Not like the whole entire season I give it to them. That's awesome. So I heard you say you could go to New England and beat them in the snow. Now, this quarterback you've probably heard of that I mentioned, Tom Brady, he liked your video on Instagram. People are starting to kind of doubt him that maybe he's getting a little too old. Maybe their offense isn't very good. If you had kind of a, an inspirational message for Tom Brady, what would you say to him? I would say even though that you're old doesn't mean that you can't get back up because he is a great quarterback, and if he keeps doing what he's doing, then he'll be really good. Lane, let's talk football, bro. What uh, what position do you play? Uh, I play safety. Um, I play I play linebacker. I play wide receiver, and sometimes I play running back. And how long have you been playing? About since first grade. Awesome. All right, so. Do you like playing better or do you like firing up your teammates and giving speeches better? I got to say it's both because if you speak, if you give them a speech, then you really help them win the game. And you did help them win that game because the Mavericks did go on to win that game. And your mom is there. Courtney, if you can hear us, about to drop the kids off at school. From watching the video, it looks like Lane standing up is about the same height as a lot of the kids listening to that speech on one knee. Um, how does that fuel your son? Where does he get these, um, just this fire and the inspiration? Uh, I would have to say he's been that way since he was born. He's very, um, he's very motivated and he's very spunky and he has been that way his whole life. So this firing up and this screaming and yelling and pumping everybody up is totally him. It fits him perfectly. All right. So Lane, here's my question. Are you, what are you going to do with this man? Cause you have a gift, you have a talent. So I do some motivational speaking. Are you going to end up being a motivational speaker or are you going to be a football coach or do you want to do something else? I really want to be an architect, but if I have time, maybe I can become a coach. All right. So an architect slash coach on the side when you have some free time. Yes, sir. Yep, that, I, I like it. I love it. I understand your favorite um, piece of architecture is the London Eye. That is pretty incredible for a 10-year-old. Um, I also understand you are on TV in London and may soon go there to visit. Is that the coolest part of this experience, or what's been the best part of being a an internet superstar? It's really the opportunity to speak to all these people, to have this great opportunity to travel places and to speak and meet all these cool, awesome uh, people. Awesome. Lane, um, I got to know, man, you, you mentioned your two positions. What do you like better, offense or defense? Maybe offense, but I really like defense because without defense, you can't have offense. I love that. That is a great point. A lot of days, Lane, 
me and Ross, you know, we're struggling. We need a little motivation. We need a little inspiration. I've had like seven cups of coffee and still doesn't quite get me going. So we want to thank you for a video you shared that uh, we're going to throw to now where you're giving us a little morning inspiration for here on Home and Home. Let's listen to that. Ross and Dave, you got to show America what it's like to be an amazing sports journalist. You got to show them what it's like to be to have your job. You got to do the best news anchor of your life because if you do that, then you will have the recommendation that you always wanted. But no pressure, but you can do it because I believe in you. I believe in so much and if you put your mind to it, you can do it. So go out there and try. Just try. I got to admit, I was doubting myself a little bit. That changed everything. I'm going to watch that every morning. And back to mom real quick, Courtney, if you can weigh in. Does he inspire you each and every day? I would love that if I woke up and got a fire-up speech from my 10-year-old son. Uh, he doesn't do speeches every day, but he definitely <laughs> always looks at the positive in everything. So that's not really my strong suit but it's definitely his strong suit because he is always positive or he always has like, he can always see the silver lining in any situation. So Lane, I want to, I want to go to the shirt that you were wearing when you gave, when you recorded that motivational speech for Dave and I, which by the way, was great. He's more the news anchor. I'm just a sports <laughs> journalist, by the way, he's the fancy CNN guy, but I think you were wearing a shirt that said, I, I determinated, or what, what does the shirt say? Tell me about the Longhorn shirt. Well, it actually says hashtag determinated, and it has a Maverick, our school logo. I love it. And, wh and why do you have that shirt, and who made it for you? Uh, it was one of our friends who owns a shirt, uh, kind of like a shirt shop. shop. That awesome. is outstanding. So last right, question so, for you. Oh, go ahead, Ross. Go ahead. No, you got it. My last question for you, buddy, is what's the one NFL player you want to meet and why? It's probably got to be Julio Jones because he's always amazing on the field, and I've always loved to try to communicate with him. I love that, Lane. I love that. You know what else I love, Lane? I, too, like giving motivational speeches. And I know that you're probably getting a little bit tired of all the attention. And your mom, Courtney, I know, Courtney, you're tired of all the emails and the phone calls. And Cole, your brother, is probably getting a little bit annoyed with all the attention. Well, let me tell you this, Lane. You and your family are special people. And even though you're tired and maybe you're sick of it, you got to push through. You got to keep pushing through because you are the most unique 10-year-old I've ever met. You are a great motivational speaker. This is cool for your mom. It's cool for you. It's cool for your brother, Cole. It's cool for all of Eastland. You are putting Eastland, Texas on the map. So we're not going to be tired. We're not going to get stressed out. We're going to keep pushing through. We are determined to keep pushing this through. People want to keep talking to you. You keep talking to them because you are putting Eastland, Texas on the map, Lane. 
Well, I got to say, that was a really good inspirational speech. <laughs> Thank you very much. I tried. Thank you. Yeah, not as good as yours, though, Lane. Not as good as yours, my friend. He's good. He's not as good as you. Lane, it's been a pleasure. Courtney, it's been a pleasure. I know your brother is there hanging out as well before you drop off. So hello to Cole as well. Enjoy all of this fun. It's been a real pleasure to have all of you guys. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Lane, make, sure, make, make sure, Lane, if you can still hear me, take advantage of school lunch, bro. You'll, you'll, you'll miss that when you're done. Chicken nugget day, pizza day. Do you guys have shepherd's pie? I used to love shepherd's pie. Don't, don't, don't take for granted school lunch. <laughs> He's going to take that advice. That kid is spectacular. How determinated are you now, man? I'm determinated. And I love the fact that it's determined plus terminator and it's combined, and he's got a shirt that says it, Determinated. It's awesome, though. I mean, it's really, like, that. the original video is just so cool, so precious, oh. and something he'll have forever. And, you know, it's amazing. You know, for 10-year-olds, they were all enthralled. I mean, they were all locked in. You know, it's like, so a lot of times I go to these events for my daughters and you can't get them all to pay attention or care or whatever. Wow. They, they were focused. I mean, they, they were really, they were really locked yeah. in on that. I love it, man. We determinated is now part of the, the lingo here on home and home. And speaking of determinated, no baseball team has been more determinated than the Washington nationals this season who started 19 and 31 Sky was falling, looked like they were out of it, had arguably the worst bullpen in the major leagues, in some accounts, the worst in 50 years in Major League Baseball. And this is an organization that had left Washington, gone to Montreal, come back and had some devastating 0-4 in the NLDS. Three Game 5 devastating home losses just seemed like they were never going to get over the hump, right? And then Bryce Harper, their star, leaves town for $330 million. And no way they would do what they have now done. But yes, sir, the Nationals are now in the World Series. They cruised through the Cardinals, sweeping them, crushing them. Let's listen to some of the sound from last night, how it all went down in the final moments from our good friends on 106.7 The Fan in D.C. Celebratory moments. Top of the ninth inning, Nationals Park in a frenzy. The Nationals are one out away from a first-ever trip to play for baseball's world championship. Here's the kick now. The pitch, fastball, is hit in the air to left center field. Robles calling for it. He's under it, waiting, and he makes the catch. He makes the catch. Bang! Zoom down the fireworks. A National League championship winning. Curly W is in the box. Nineteen thirty-three. Can you believe it? They're not all focused on politics and impeachment and all the divisive culture we have because of that city. 
They're focused on baseball. God, it makes me feel good to talk about this story. And look at this bullpen. Tanner Rainey, Sean Doolittle and his lightsaber, Daniel Hudson and his paternity leave. Again, this was the worst bullpen in 50 years by some metrics. They beat the Heavy, prohibitive favorite Los Angeles Dodgers. Feels like this starting pitching can't be stopped. They gave up four runs last night. First earned runs a starting rotation had allowed in that series. And now they can sit, chill, line up that dominant starting rotation. They can be well-rested because the World Series won't start for a week. And how about their manager who did start 19-31? and 31? Dave Martinez said... Heart procedure in September now. He said, often bumpy roads lead to beautiful places, and this is a beautiful place. More from the skipper now. You guys deserve this and much more. I don't, I don't often tell you thank you, but thank you for what you guys done this year. It's been incredible. It's been an unbelievable journey. And the only thing I'm going to tell you is that we're not Look, you can't help but get swept up in that organization and the passion they are showing and the chemistry they have shown throughout. And how about their series MVP? Nothing typifies this organization more than 36-year-old Howie Kendrick made one all-star game in his career. He was a guy that was ignored out of high school, no scholarship offers, no drafts, went to community college. And look where he is now, 5 of 15 in the series, four doubles prior to this, uh, that grand slam that knocked out the Dodgers. You could argue his most famous point was when he snagged a foul ball at Fenway park that was headed to the glove of Ben Affleck <laughs> sitting in the front row that got him some fame right away. But Ross, what do you embodies this organization the come from behind story? Uh, is this everything the casual fan ought to love? about baseball and its postseason. Yeah, so the first thing is, I think anybody that's ever played team sports, you just hear that joy and that emotion, and you can't help but smile. And for me, it takes me back to certain places. It takes me back to senior year of college when we beat Yale. We were big underdogs. It was a dramatic win or junior year in high school. When we beat Governor Mifflin, I mean, you just, you remember there are very, you know, individual accomplishments are awesome. They really are. But there's just something better, different, unique, and special when you do it as a collective group. When you come together as a group and you do something truly unique and special, like the Washington Nationals have done, it's just Man, there's not a better feeling. I'm thrilled for those guys, thrilled for their fans. It's kind of weird, isn't it, that, you know, for years, none of the Washington teams did anything. I mean, in all four major sports, they didn't do anything. Then last year, the Capitals win the Stanley Cup, and now, or two years ago, and now this year, 
You've got the Nationals going to the World Series. It's a little misleading when you say since 1933. I mean, how many years did they not even have a baseball team? But still, they got a baseball team back. They're going to the World Series. I'm happy for those people. And really, with what happened with the Redskins, they deserve, you know, the Nationals and the Caps. Yeah, at some point they'll have an NFL football team again, you know, maybe in the next couple of years at some point. Uh, and as for that series MVP, Howie Kendrick, 36 years old. Let's hear from him quick. Other question? Uh, Mark, to your left, guys. You guys are two of a bunch of veterans on this team, and a lot of you who have not ever reached this point before in your career. In some ways, does it make it more meaningful to have been through everything you've been through and then to do this together, a lot of you, you know, being here now for the first time? And, you know, it's like you said, you got to earn it, man. All the things that, you know, in the past, all the failures, you know, and, and the, the losing in the first round. And, you know, because I've been there, too, just like him. And, you know, it just makes it sweet because, you know, as we're getting older, you know, the game keeps getting younger. But to see a team like us, you know, continue to grind. And I think the mixture of people that we do have is what makes us so good. The chemistry that we do have, we understand each other. And, you know, I feel like being around this long, I wouldn't change anything about the past because this is just, I mean, it's unbelievable. And the coolest gesture coming to the World Series has made my seven-year-old daughter a Washington Nationals fan. Why? Gerardo Parra, his walk-up music, well, it's one that's been viewed three and a half billion times on YouTube. I'm talking, of course, about Baby Shark, do-do-do-do-do-do. So if you haven't seen it... That happens. The entire 40-plus thousand stadium goes in unison from Baby Shark to Mama Shark to Daddy Shark. Every time Gerardo Parra walks up to the plate, they have a Baby Shark in the dugout stuck in the net. Ross Tucker, do you love or do you hate Baby Shark? There is no middle ground. I have to love it as I am a dad of a young seven-year-old fan. No, I love it. I just don't know that much about it. I mean, I love it. I've heard this song, baby. But where did it come from, number one? And why is it his walk-up music, number two? Those are my questions. Uh, his kids are just obsessed with it. So it just came from this, uh, I can't remember the name of the company over there, uh, um, but but they just put together this bizarre video with the little kids on YouTube. And for some reason, um, it just, I think it's Pink Fong, right, guys? If the millennials can weigh on that, I think it's Pink Fong that just put together this video with these kids. Why it caught fire, how it got to 1 billion, 2 billion, or even 3 billion views no idea, but now it's translated in like 30 or 40 languages. There are other versions of it, a Christmas version, but this is the first time to my knowledge it's really taken over a sports stadium and you're going to see it in the World Series because again, you got 43,000 people clapping their, their, their hands and their arms. It drives you a little nuts, doesn't it? But you still dig it? It reminds me of uh, Zoolander. What's the music that he gets in his head that like triggers him to do certain things? I can't remember what the music is, but it's like that. Like it gets in your head and it just becomes like 
this this like entrancing anthem or something. Relax, don't do it. Yeah. Relax, <laughs> don't do it. Yeah, yeah. That is classic. That's like that's what I equate baby oh. shark to. That right, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to get zoo, blue steel. Can you do blue steel? That's good radio for people <laughs> that aren't watching us on the app. Oh, man. We're, we're going to take a little bit of a break. When we come back, we're going to get into the NFL officiating controversy, the big old mess the Zebras have made for themselves in the NFL. It's the talk of the fall meetings in the NFL. That's when we come back. Also, uh, we're going to talk to Brian Baldinger about the San Francisco 49ers defense, about Lamar Jackson, and, of course, about this trade of Jalen Ramsey to the Rams. Play on words there. Maybe that's why he went to the Rams. But we leave you as we go to break with just a little more Baby Shark, your gift for sitting with us through the first hour. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 